Hi everyone and welcome to a special edition of Smart Talks by the Elizabeth Smart Foundation. I'm Elizabeth, this is Neo. It's so nice to actually be in person. <laughs> I almost feel strange that I'm looking at you in, in real life. In real life. It's our first one ever together in real life as opposed to just a screen. <laughs> yes. But um, today is a special edition of our podcast because today actually marks the 18th anniversary since I was kidnapped. And so I just thought it'd be nice just to have a conversation on kind of what it's been like, what it was like, what it is like in between. It's crazy to think it's been 18 years. I know that makes me sound so old. And I don't feel like <laughs> I'm old. very old, so that, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, 18 years is pretty incredible. And where you are now. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting as we've like spoken with people, as I've gone out and spoken with people, um, people always comment or say, oh, you know, like anniversary day for me has been really hard or, you know, this anniversary is really hard or, and kind of as I've just been thinking about that coming up to today, I actually, like today's not, today's a really good day for me personally, because I feel like, I feel like it's, I'm still alive. It's a celebration of, of being alive as opposed of to what could have happened. You know, I may not, may never have survived that I could have been kidnapped and maybe I lived for a little while and ultimately they could have killed me, but I'm, I'm still here. So for me, I feel like this anniversary is a pretty good anniversary. It's a celebration rather than, yeah. And anniversaries can be different for everybody. It's just like healing. There's not a linear path or a right way or a wrong way to do it, but I'm, very grateful, very happy to hear that anniversaries for you are more of a celebration, more of something to, um, you know, acknowledge how far you've come and what could have been. I mean, I know we've all had experiences where we feel very lucky, blessed, whatever word you want to use, um, to be on the other side of that trauma or tragedy. So I, I think what, what are, what are some of the things that immediately come to mind when you think of what, right now you're the most like proud of grateful for what's so different from 18 years ago well i mean i feel like i yes i still have a lot of hard days and i still deal with frustration like any human being i mean we're all human i think that's what makes us human is by feeling struggle and frustration and you know pain and sadness but i think ultimately 18 years ago, I never thought that I would be where I am. So I feel like even with my hard times and the struggles that I face now as an adult that I didn't face as a child, I still feel like I am living my happily ever after. I mean, the morning that I was kidnapped, once he got me up into the mountains, like really some of the first things they said to me were, you know, your name's no longer Elizabeth. You are actually now gonna be my wife. And oh, actually, you're not even the first wife, you're the second wife, and you're actually going to be like a handmaiden or, or a slave to the first wife, because you're not as important as the first wife. And, um, you know, you're going to like, you're going to have my kids, you're going to like bear my children, and you have to do everything that I say. And actually, you should be really grateful that, um, that it's you because God chose you. You should be like thanking me for doing what I'm doing to you. And so, I mean, 18 years ago, when I sat there hearing those things, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna fall in love. I'm never gonna have a, you know, a big white wedding or, or a small wedding, or I'll never have a wedding period. You know, I, um, 
if I do have children, it, I mean, of course I feel like I would love any child that came into my life, but it wouldn't be with someone that I wanted to, you know, it wouldn't be by choice. It would have, I would have had children through rape and then, you know, like goodness, going through child labor, like in delivery is, I feel like traumatic enough, like when you're in a safe, sterile hospital. Um, but they certainly would not have taken me to oh, a I hospital. So, I mean, we could spend all day going down that path, but, but now I look at my life and yeah, I, you know, I did go on to school and I did fall in love and I married the person I loved and I have three beautiful children. And like, even with all the challenges and struggles that I now face, which believe me, <laughs> they're there, especially bedtime. <laughs> um, I still feel like I am living my happily ever after. And I think what I hear is the core of that is your choice, right? Yes. You have all the power. You're the one that's making those decisions for you. And I think that's one thing we keep hearing over and over again when we talk about healing is giving those survivors and victims as many choices as possible because it's so important to feel powerful again. Yeah. And control of your body, your life, your choices. It's, Definitely. I think it makes all the difference. And I think that's really when you stop being a victim and you start becoming a survivor is when you do begin to, to, to make those decisions and take those decisions back. And I mean, you know, there are, there are always exceptions to the rule and there are always extenuating circumstances. But I mean, for me, I think that's what's felt most empowering is that now I get to decide what I do with my life. And I think that's why I really wanted to do what we're doing now, what we're doing as a foundation. That's why I wanted to start the foundation because I, I wanted to, you know, provide hope for survivors and I wanted to provide education so that we don't have, you know, victims or we try to limit the number of victims that we have and, and that we empower people and we inspire people. Um, I mean, even, even through the past few months where things have been so hard, I mean, yeah. I don't think there's another word stressful. for it, but they've been hard and stressful mm -hmm. where you're trapped inside or you feel like you're trapped inside and your choices have been taken away. Your choices you have, have been taken away. And, and I mean, no even, even to the point of, you know, when I, when I go to the grocery store, when I go to Costco, because you have to wear a mask to Costco and Costco just happens to be like my favorite store. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm so sad the samples are gone. I understand it's probably for a good reason. No, it is for a good reason, but I just really like them. <laughs> um, but, you know, even going in there and wearing the mask, like, I, the last time I went there and I was walking through there and I had a mask on and I had like a baseball cap on because I think I've been working out in sweaty hair. Um, but I was walking through and I was just like, why does this feel so familiar? Why does this feel like I really hate this feeling? And as I was walking through there, I think I was walking like past the milk in the freezing cold room and i was like oh my gosh i know exactly why i hate wearing these masks i know exactly why i hate this like why i feel like a little bit of anxiety when i go out in public and everyone has masks on and i have a mask on. and i was like it's because when i was kidnapped i had to wear the whole veil and mask and um i mean like you know if you need to wear a mask like wear a mask but uh, i think it's been it's been pretty traumatic so 
I think that we all need a little bit of extra hope right now and a little bit extra encouragement. Yeah, I agree. I think the hope, the healing, the health, all the things we're trying to make accessible to people, whether you're a survivor or a victim or you know somebody or love somebody that has been, um, you're never alone. You're, you're never isolated um, without somebody that can relate to you or um, hopefully lend a soft place to land, an ear to listen to you, just somebody to simply sit with you and listen. We don't have to take all the action. You can just simply start with, you know, listening, just sitting with someone. Yeah, you don't have to be the answer. You don't have to find the cure to them. Listening is that first step. Listening and believing and loving them. Yes, that's the base of it. And kind of going back to anniversaries because that's, that's a huge thing. And I'm curious, over the 18 years, have you seen your feelings change as the approach to the anniversary has you know, come up? Has it always been a more neutral, positive thing for you? Or have you kind of consciously worked towards that, towards where you are now? Um, I don't think there's ever been an anniversary that I haven't been like, wow, it's 17 years or 16 years or my gosh, it's been five years. I mean, I don't think there's ever been an anniversary that's passed that I've been completely unaware of it. I think I've always been aware of it. Um, and certainly that first anniversary, I mean, I came back in March. And so it was what, April, May, June, three months mm -hmm. later, I had a count on my fingers. <laughs> my last name may be smart, but it doesn't always mean I'm intelligent. Um, so, I mean, it was three months after I got home. So like, it was a little bit definitely a bit more raw and a bit more fresh. Um, and some years, you know, have been, I've been less vocal about it. Um, I think probably that first year, well, not the three months after, but the year after that, um, I feel like there was like some more, there's been stuff in the media over the years, um, just looking back, what's happened on that day or maybe they didn't have anything to report about <laughs> I don't know um so it's been different I mean some years are there's more attention and some years it's just more like wow it's been 15 years it's been 16 years wow I don't know some years are just bigger than others yeah I believe they're really seeing your movie oh yeah oh, which I haven't seen yet so I'm looking forward to maybe even celebrating thinking about it changing my um approach to it and thinking about it as not watching it and being sad for you but watching it and like being like holy crap like this woman <laughs> well i will say about the movie um i mean i was if it's the lifetime movie that i was very heavily involved with um Honestly, it took me, they kept sending me cuts of it as they were, as we were making it and they'd send me a cut and they're like, oh, you know, like watch it, tell us what you think. And so I'd watch it. And honestly, I couldn't even watch it in all, all in one sitting because I mean, like I went over the script so many times. Like I got so sick of reading the script because I mean, it's, you know, reading about the worst part of my life and then thinking about how it was going to be portrayed and could these actors and actresses actually portray what it was like while I was kidnapped. I mean, I actually went to where they were filming and I went on set and I watched them acting like, oh my gosh, 
let me tell you, the, the two, the two, well, the actor and actress um, that played Brian Mitchell and Wanda Barzi, like they are the nicest, kindest, most lovely people you could ever hope to meet. But then I swear, like when they walked out in full costume, I was just like, I don't really want to be around you. Yeah. This is just taking creepy to a new <laughs> level. Yeah, they must be very talented. They, they were extremely talented. Um, and I, I mean, I did eventually make it through the movie and I mean, it was, I feel like it was very well done. I feel like it was very accurate. It was, I think when they released it, I made the comment, it's the best worst movie I've ever <laughs> seen and I never want to see it again. And honestly, I haven't watched it since then. And I mean, I have a copy of it, but I don't know if or when I will ever want to watch it again. Yeah, or if you ever need to. Yeah. And it's titled I Am Elizabeth, correct? Yeah. And but you've made two movies. So there was the, the movie um, that had like actors portraying it. And then there was a documentary okay. that was done on A&E. And is the documentary titled the same? The I'm sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I, should, I should know. It's about me, right? <laughs> I think, um, I think it is just Elizabeth. Okay. Or Elizabeth Smarter. I am Elizabeth. Okay. I should probably know the answer <laughs> to that. I'm, I know I'm personally going to watch it. I wonder, is there an age that you feel is too young to share it with? Um, honestly, I think it's... I mean, I think you just have to know your child if your child's ready for it. Because, you know, some 14-year-olds... Some act like seven-year-olds yes and some 14-year-olds act like 14-year-olds and some 14-year-olds act like 30-year-olds so yes. I think it's just kind of at your own discretion but I mean it it is me as a 14-year-old so yeah it's I know I, I have a 13-year-old she'll be 14 in the fall which she keeps reminding me but I I actually just let both my 10-year-old and my 13-year-old watch the George Floyd footage and uh, mainly because I wanted to have a very frank conversation with them. And so I, I will watch your movie first, but my gut tells me I want my kids to watch it as well, just because they have a personal connection to you, obviously. And my 13 year old, I love her, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, as we are in those age ranges, a little naive to the actual dangers. And they always are like, mom, 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 not everybody is getting, you know, this isn't because I come home and I'm like, okay, give me your phone, do Whoa. this, do this, do this. Yeah. I mean, no, just, I mean, you're right. So my daughter, Chloe, my five-year-old, that's my oldest. Um, she, like the other day, like, I'm always like, hold my hand here in the parking lot. Like, don't cross the street. Don't go outside. Why are you going in the front when I can't see you? I'm in the back. Or, well, I'm in the back. Like, I'm in the front. Why are you going in the back? Like, I have to see. And she's like, mom, why can't you just let me play? And so finally, like the other day, like she'd gone around to the opposite side of the house and I couldn't see her and I was yelling for her. And I'd like, I'd seen her like in 30 seconds, she disappeared, you know, in no time at all. And I couldn't find her, I couldn't find her. And I was like running around the house. And of course, as I'm running around to the front, she's <laughs> running around to the back. So I'm like, my panic level's like reaching higher and higher. And I finally found her and I was like, I was like you have to stay where I can see you. This might just be like the neurotic parent in me coming out and she's like, 
Mommy, I'm fine. I know, no, go in the street. I know, stay close to the house. I know, stay with the dogs. Like, <laughs> yes. I know, it's fine. Then I was like, I was like, no, I was like, you have to stay. You can't go outside by yourself. You have to stay close where I can see you. I need to be able to see you. She's like, but mama, I just want to play over here. And I was like, I was like, Chloe, I was like, honey, I was like, do you know why I want to be able to see you so much? And she like, was like, why? I was like, I was like, I want to see you so much because I love you. I love you so much. And if anything ever happened, like my heart would break. And I was like, you know, when I was young, a very bad man came and took me and I didn't get to see my mommy or daddy for a very long time. And I never want that to happen to you. Honestly, I'm not even sure that she was like fully even paying attention, but I have started to have like that very, 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 very basic, um, like the most simplified version of the story that I possibly think can exist with her. And uh, I think she just wasn't paying attention because that just like went right over her head. And she was like, I still want to play in front. (laughs) Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. (laughs) I have a funny story about a similar thing. I used to always, always, always grab my girl's hands in the parking lots and they'd be like, mom, I'm fine. I know I'll stay right by you. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, no, no. People are reversing. Cars are coming away. Like you can be hit in a second. Like I had a friend, you know, cause I have a personal experience with somebody getting hit. And nowadays they're both, I mean, my 10 year old is one inch shy of being taller than me. <laughs> my 13 year old is maybe four inches taller. So now in the parking lot, they grab my hand and they're like, mom, we want to make sure the cars can see you. <laughs> so they turn it around on me, which, hey, I'll hold their hands all day long until I'm a thousand years old. You know, I'm fine with yeah. that. But it's kind of funny. How no, I hope like, that happens to me. <laughs> yeah. A little bit older, Chloe be like, mom, make sure you're where I can see you. <laughs> yes. Yes. If only, please let that happen. Yes, that's the best case scenario. Well, I love that you're, I was curious about that. If you've started that conversation with the kids and, you know, I know five is your oldest and that's still so young and, you know, we don't want to scare them, but also reality is reality. And it helps, I think, explain our own behaviors based on our own experiences. So I don't know what the I right- mean, I'm sure there's someone out there who probably has like a better like <laughs> reason more official, or more official, <laughs> more a better explanation or, or how to sort of methodology mm. explain to kids what happens or when do you tell them something. But I just know the other day I was like so desperate that she stays within my sight and doesn't like wander off. But I was like, I don't want, I mean, I don't want to scare her, but at the same time, like, I need her to know that her leaving my eyesight scares me yes. and makes me panic. Yes. Yeah, I think that's great. Oh my goodness. Well, 18 years. That's crazy. I know. I know. Hopefully I'll be around for another 18. Yes. Well, time's over. Yes. Yes. And celebrating all along the way. Yes. So anyone, if you have an anniversary or a day that's hard, there is no shame or no problem in having a hard day. That's fine. I don't expect everyone to look at anniversaries and feel the way I feel about it. I don't expect anyone to look at healing or moving on the way that I do because we're all different. We all heal. We all move forward differently. And that is perfectly fine. So don't compare yourself. Don't 
think, well, she's doing this or I should be there. That's just not how life works. You just take it for yourself one day at a time and you do what's right for you. You take healing the way, the best way for you and not for anybody else. So that, that being said, I want to say thank you to everyone for tuning in to this special episode of Smart Talks and we will see you again on Monday. See you soon.